and welcome to Learning from Nature, the Biomimicry podcast with me, your host, Lily Ehrman. In my last episode, I mentioned that our next guest will be in the biophilic design space, but I decided to publish this episode first because my chat with this episode's guest will introduce an important resource that will set the stage for all future episodes. Today, we will be exploring asknature.org, a really incredible tool for biomimicry. I will be joined by Andrew Howley, the chief editor of Ask Nature at the Biomimicry Institute. We will talk about all things Ask Nature, how to navigate the site, the ways in which this platform can be a resource for biomimics and educators and anyone interested in learning from nature strategies, exploring the companies that are already leading the way in biomimicry, and so much more. Andrew is your guide through the vast collection of materials on asknature.org, commissioning and curating an ever-growing body of stories of life's adaptations and the innovations they inspire. For 11 years at the National Geographic Society, he connected audiences with explorers through websites, social media, and live-streamed interviews and events. He studied anthropology at the College of William and Mary in Virginia and sees an appreciation of our culture, history, and evolution as a powerful tool for helping humans to be positive contributors to our ecological community. This episode is packed full of great information and inspiration for your biomimicry journey, and I hope you enjoy listening just as much as I enjoyed chatting with our guest. Let's hop on in. Well, welcome, Andrew. I'll have you do a quick introduction, and also please tell us your pronouns. I'm Andrew Howley. I'm the chief editor of Ask Nature from the Biomimicry Institute. He, him. Awesome. Thank you so much. And my first question for you, Andrew, is... How did you get into this role at the Biomimicry Institute? Like, what's been your biomimicry journey? Yeah. Um, you know, the short story is, you know, just that a, a job came up at the Biomimicry Institute. It was exactly aligned with the kinds of things that I like to do. And I had multiple people in my life uh, finding it and telling me about mm. it. So, <laughs> a sign. Um, yeah. So, that, but that kind of speaks to the fact that it's been really like a lifelong journey and engagement with this kind of uh, material. And uh, I think what I've always really loved is finding out, you know, why things are the way they are mm-hmm. and and what the origins are. And so that's taken a lot of things. I love archaeology, but then I love paleoanthropology. And it goes all the way back to the very foundations of, of biology and mm. um, evolution. And it, in looking at um, the kind of branching history that we have, you see that all of these um, differences that we have in so many ways still all trace back to earlier shared things mm-hmm. and the real just undeniable sense that we are all one interconnected thing. Mm-hmm. And so biomimicry gives us that language and lens of looking at all of the other things with a, with an air of understanding and saying, we're all in this together. There's things that we can learn from each other. I love that description, especially because it is so foundational, but not always kind of at the forefront of education or the materials people see when they're first getting interested in Mm -hmm. biomimicry. But it is so true. And I think it becomes really apparent the deeper you dive and the more research you do. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, you, um, your role is ask nature editor. So my second question, um, and this bulk of the episode will be about 
this really incredible platform and tool called Ask Nature. So what is Ask Nature? Um, well, Ask Nature is primarily and fundamentally an online tool. So it's asknature.org. And when you go there, you'll find three main things. It's a database of biological models, you know, information about the way that living organisms work, um, and also of innovations that have been inspired by them. Uh, it also has educational resources for teachers who are wishing to teach biomimicry. And then it has essays and collections of those different pieces that draw out themes among them, contextualize them, uh, and explore big ideas around nature and the part that humans play in it. That's a great description. As somebody who's used Ask Nature for many years, I just want to emphasize like how incredible this space is and how it's evolving and how it can play a really important role in somebody's biomimicry journey, which is why I'm so excited for you to join me today. Thanks. It's um, it's really a wonderful project to be a part of, and in a very you know biomimetic way, uh, it's got an in, uh, an inherited evolution and history that that you know that I get to be a part of through there from you know how it started in mm -hmm. 2006 and different iterations that it has had and different inputs that different people have had in it and making it what it is, and it itself builds on so of the existing knowledge in the world uh you know we're not a yeah. team going out there and discovering new um understanding of nature all that often you know mostly we're taking from what others have learned and published whether it's through um you know published scientific mm -hmm. uh, papers or just through long inherited knowledge of the natural world and the way that it works um and that's a conversation between those two ways of knowing and exploring, too. And so then, you know, we, we build upon that, and then we see how people are using it, and we build upon the feedback from them, and it grows and it changes. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be, uh, be here at the point in its evolution that it is. Yeah, totally. And for folks who are unfamiliar with it, um, maybe you can just give a little bit more context of, like, who can use Ask Nature? What is Ask Nature? Like, what's the function of Ask Nature, and who's it built for? Yeah. Well, nature is all about function or ask nature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ask Both. nature is all about function, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I like to say that anyone can use ask nature and everyone should use ask nature. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a tool for anyone trying to solve a problem in a sustainable and life-friendly way uh, because that's the way that other living things function. And so mm -hmm. we've, uh, we've put up these profiles that show how different things function and the different things that they accomplish and made it all searchable and findable so that you can look to that to be inspired and apply that to whatever challenge right, you're facing yeah. you know, or trying to solve. Um, and because we take very detailed scientific knowledge and put it into a very um, universal language mm -hmm. that anyone can understand, it also makes it a great tool for teaching biomimicry um, to students of all ages yeah. um, because anyone can come to these pages and, and access the information that's there um, you know, and the information is what we're uh, really interested in, the way that nature works, not so much the terminology that's used. Right. Um, and so then that also makes it just a really enjoyable place to learn about nature. And we know that a lot of our traffic is people doing exactly that. Right. Um, they're just coming to learn about and get closer to nature, which is one of the biggest goals of, of biomimicry is just to reconnect us um, mm -hmm. to the rest of nature so that the things that humans are doing are in good balance with the rest of this world. 
Exactly. And I can confirm a thousand percent how incredible Ask Nature is for teaching all ages. Um, And what you said about kind of translating the scientific literature that can be sometimes really heavy and hard to understand for the general public, for those not knee deep in the research, um, is so important because that is a really important step in biomimicry is like understanding how the world works, but that can be a hurdle for so many. So I think that Ask Nature is a really cool tool because they, you know, you, you, people do provide a really great description and kind of break apart, you know, function. Why is it doing a certain strategy, which is, you know, how they're accomplishing that. And that's, you know, we'll get a little bit more into that, but and then citing the literature. So the literature is there and you can explore it mm-hmm. and start to, you know, understand it for yourself and, and practice that skill, which is, I think, important regardless. And I have my undergraduate students do that really early on, you know, find scientific literature, read scientific literature, understand, you know, the structure, look up words, kind of a, a, a good way to start exploring biology in a deeper manner rather than just, you know, the publicity or the, the media articles we see is diving a little deeper into that. And Ask Nature is a really good first step in that path for so many. Yeah, thanks. That's exactly the way that we um, conceive of it in, in a lot of ways. It's kind of takes this kind of multidimensional or multi-perspective a- approach, like, you know, kind of a cubist thing and saying, here is a you know, th- there's something out there that's part of nature and that's really hard to, you know, put words around. It's basically, it's something doing something, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a very simple way of understanding what's going on with it. And now if that's inspiring to you and you've got new questions about something, some way that this can help you answer a very specific question, here's the fundamental research, all right. of the, you know, things that you can go and, and it's, you know, research papers have contact information. You can always then just Mm -hmm. email the author of a paper and get really detailed, direct information about organisms and the way that they work. Right. Um, And there's a million, there's, you know, a million ways that any given strategy could be relevant to someone. So what we try to do is is put it up there in the, in the clearest, most direct, um, most easily understandable way possible and give you the tools to then take it to the next level to address exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah. And even when I was in grad school, I used, you know, grad school for biomimicry. I used Ask Nature quite a bit and it was um, a blessing and a curse in the sense that it was the start of many rabbit hole journeys (laughs) into information that wasn't actually relevant to the assignment, but stuff that I was interested in. Um, So thank you for that. (laughs) But it's just like such a cool tool and it's like a really great place to start. And then you just get hooked. You get you know, sucked in and interested in these really incredible and sometimes really weird strategies. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the way that you said that made me realize that's, you know, maybe maybe why I'm, uh, you know, pretty happy with everything. Is right. That, uh, you know, my job is now to go down rabbit holes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that is what I do. Not a bad job at all. Yeah. So we started talking about this, but I'd like to explain it a little bit more for folks who are just starting to use Ask Nature or haven't used it at all yet. Um, how do you navigate Ask Nature? And then maybe speak a little to the biomimicry taxonomy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the most direct way to use Ask Nature is to do exactly that. Just click on search from the top right of the page and then ask nature your question. 
uh, in whatever way makes sense to you mm-hmm. because we've got things tagged and it's a smart algorithm and it's able to find what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see the search results auto filter as you type. So you could even correct yourself and kind of tweak it there as you go. Yeah. Um, when you see something that looks interesting then in this you know, panel of, of cards about uh, of, of search results, um, select it and then you're off there. That's a particular um, biological strategy or maybe it's an existing innovation. Um, that uh, that you can go into deeper, learn more about, see what is it that this organism is and does and how is it relevant to you. And then once you've found one, uh, from there you can jump off. So under the main image, there's tabs that can take you off to other strategies that either perform the same function or that come from the same organism. So then if you mm-hmm. select either of those, it'll take you to a new page of search results. And now you'll see the navigation on the left that shows where those particular results fit in with these taxonomies that we use, which are either a living system uh, taxonomy, which is basically the tree of life. You know, So you can see if you're looking at bats, maybe you want to see more about bats or more about mammals or more about vertebrates or mm-hmm. more about you know, as a whole, um, or the, uh, the functional taxonomy, the biomimicry taxonomy that we've developed. Yeah, and I think... And I was going to say, so begins the rabbit hole, right? (laughs) Um, And something that I think a lot of biomimics are really familiar with, but folks um, sometimes struggle with this concept early on is function Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, the why. So kind of finishing the sentence, how does nature blank? And I think Mm -hmm. ask nature is really great in the sense that it kind of prompts you to get there without even realizing (laughs) you're getting Mm -hmm. there, which is a really incredible um, function of ask nature as well. Yeah, you can always jump right into the navigation through those taxonomies, but um, that kind of is more useful once you've become really well versed with them. Yeah. Um, and it's just using that search bar of just saying, well, how does nature whatever? Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, and even just very broad, you can just say, like, I don't know, something about color. Yeah. It'll start giving you color stuff, or you say something very specific, like, you know, hydrophobicity in plants, mm-hmm. and you'll get those results. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Whatever it is, it, it, it helps you find it. And then there's the more structured taxonomies that, that can help you discover more. Yeah, and just, just getting in there and starting to explore, I think, is really important. Like, I have mm-hmm. a lot of my students do that early on because we use Ask Nature throughout our entire class, right? It's a really great launching point. You mentioned in the scientific papers, okay, you understand some part of a strategy or you get excited about how some organism creates color, for example. And then you can go down to the bottom of the page and, you know, that's a launching point for three or four other scientific articles. And then at the mm-hmm. bottom of those scientific articles, they cite a lot of other scientific articles. So you can kind of just keep going and get more and more answers to the question why or the question how. How does this organism do that? Okay, but how? Mm-hmm. So one of the other key aspects of Ask Nature is that it's taken all of these biological strategies, these things that living things do, um, and organized them by what we call the biomimicry taxonomy. Uh, and so that's just a system for organizing these according to what the strategy does for the organism or living system. You know, it could be something that a whole ecosystem is doing even. Um, it allows us to ask nature questions based on the tasks that we want to accomplish mm-hmm. um, and helps us to find the ways that other living things have met similar needs. Um, and so that, that could just sound conceptual. So on a very practical level, mm-hmm. it's about 30 generalized verbs with dozens of different contextualizers that go with them. So there's an overarching section of move. How does nature move? And then there's the details of on or through solids or liquids or gases. And um, 
all of these different things. How does it attach? How does nature find ways to attach to different things? How does nature, you know, um, process signals, uh, visual signals, auditory signals, mm-hmm. things like that? So, um, so it's a way of looking at um, looking at biological information from a uh, very practical and design oriented lens and perspective. So you can come in here not knowing anything about um, the organism that might give you inspiration or even the way that biologists would talk about it and just through that taxonomy say, well, I'm basically wondering how does something adhere to a slick surface? And then you can find that because it's all organized and um, organized that way. Yeah, and there's there's so many angles from which to approach using Ask Nature and really getting the most out of Ask Nature. One way, like you mentioned, Andrew, is to look up, just start looking up words and kind of explore that way. Um, and the other way, now that we've kind of explained biomimicry taxonomy, you can search function. And, you know, if you know that one organism has a really interesting mechanism um, or strategy for attachment, you can find 20 other organisms that have a really cool, you know, mechanism or strategy for attachment. So I think that's a really interesting way to use Ask Nature and broaden our understanding of the natural world in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the um, really exciting things that you realize as you get into biomimicry and especially through the you know, kind of visual sense of it that you get through Ask Nature is that, you know, in a way, there's only so many things that are happening and it can kind of be organized into pretty tight categories. But then there are nearly infinite varieties of ways that those same functions are accomplished, even if they're very similar. They could be mm-hmm. very different in their uh, actual execution. Two different organisms that may seem to be performing the same kind of chemical processes might be using entirely different molecules and substances Mm -hmm. and proteins in order to to bring it about and so there's always something new to learn um, and to add to the the variety of of ways that life is accomplishing all that it does yeah and that's ultimately like a really beautiful part of biomimicry too is just there's infinite solutions out there that already exist that have been tested um, for you know sometimes millions of years and it's just an incredible place to go down and start building that curiosity go down that rabbit hole so mm. yes I love Ask Nature and everyone else who's listening <laughs> should love Ask Nature and start exploring Ask Nature thank you yeah yeah we love it so on that note one of my questions for you is just a little bit more personal like what's your one of your favorite tools or features um, for using Ask Nature um, yeah for me Right now, it's kind of the the beauty of the two taxonomy system that you can bounce back and forth. So um, I find that to be um, a really good tool for making the connections that are unexpected um, because that seems to be where a lot of innovation and just smart ideas come from is when you're able to come at things from unexpected angles. Mm-hmm. So you know, say you're looking for something about you know filtering water and you end up on a page about baleen. And then you say, oh, okay, well, let me, sh- let me see more about whales. And then on looking more about whales, you think, see things that are about, you know, kind of community and how they build their social relationships. Mm-hmm. So then you start looking into social relationships and you see the ways that chimpanzees <laughs> do social. But then you bounce from uh, chimpanzees to tool use. And then you say, well, birds use tools too. And you, you keep finding all of these things. And now um, they can all start you know, feeding, feeding into ideas that you have of, of each other. And, um, yeah, 
and helping you to discover things that you wouldn't have thought to look for when you first set out on your journey. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It, it's a it's a great kind of organized serendipity, um, and it really ends up um, enabling you to really have a conversation with nature. So, you know, you start by asking nature, but then as you bounce between the different ways that things are connected, it's it's really a conversation that you're able to have. Yeah. That's really powerful and something that, you know, as we start to build our biomimicry knowledge and get more interested and knowledgeable of how things work in nature, then we can take this information and inspiration out in the natural world when we're hiking or, you know, walking with friends. And I think starting those conversations and, you know, starting to collaborate and talk even just like really informally has really motivated me too. And I'm like known as Ranger Lily in a lot of my circles because it's, I don't know you know, I'm not a researcher, I'm not a scientist. I know a little about a lot of organisms. And I think that's kind of a, a biomimic, you know, point of view where you're going out into the natural world and you're like, oh, this leaf can do this or that bird can do that. And it's like a lot of that information started on Ask Nature and I, I kind of started to build up my repertoire through that tool. That's great, yeah. And, and it is, you know, more than any particular piece of information that you draw out of Ask Nature, the, the real thing that we hope you're getting is that ability to see nature through this lens mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, by learning the way that different leaves work or the way that different, you know, branching structures support different species of trees or whatnot, um, that just by learning a couple different examples, now you learn um, how to see that and how to interpret those clues when you go out into nature so that you could, um, you know, show up in an environment you've never been in before and know nothing about but start to process it in a really helpful way um, because you've learned to um, see things and think about what they're doing and mm-hmm. not just how they look. Right. Or yeah, and that's a key distinction for biomimicry um, is like more than just learning about an organism um, and, you know, what their name is or its species name or what they do or how they live, but learning from an organism. And I think that's a really important distinction of, okay, we know about this organism, like what do they do? Why do they do that? And then what can we learn from them? Mm-hmm. And you also Absolutely. mentioned something important too, of like on a deeper level, biomimicry and ask nature, all these tools that are associated with biomimicry begin to ingrain in us a deeper a change in perspective and mindset, which I think is really important as we relate to the natural world, how we relate to each other and other species on this planet. And so on that note, how can Ask Nature and what's the role of Ask Nature in creating a life-friendly future? Yeah, you know, that's really what it sets out to do. Um, the The simple uh, idea that people often have when they first look into biomimicry is just, I'll, I'll make something the same shape as something that's in nature. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's deep, deep value to that and, and lots of fascinating and very useful things. Um, but the, the deeper level is, is again, not just a particular story of, of how nature has done something, but how does nature do things as a whole? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really what Ask Nature is made to do and why the way it looks and reads the way that it does. Um, we, we try to keep uh, everything integrated um, with a sense of the organism as a whole and the ecosystem as a whole and life as a whole, mm-hmm. right? That it's not just a, a storehouse of ideas that you're going to go in and grab and, and leave. Um, it's really, it introduces you into a conversation with these organisms and a relationship with them. Um, 
And that's how we build a life-friendly future is to reflect on that idea that life creates conditions conducive to life. Um, and so as, as we learn from any particular organism and the particular thing that they're doing, we see that it's all integrated into how that organism as a whole works mm -hmm. and how that organism fits into its environment. And that's something that we try to convey in Ask Nature, both through the way that we write, you know, that we um, bring in a lot of contextual information, some background, some reflections on those things. Um, but also we leave each page with a big, beautiful photo of that living thing, you yeah. know, so that you're never just too abstracted from it, that you're always realizing that this is something that I'm learning about a real living thing in a living environment. And that deep awareness of all of that interconnectedness is what helps us to create a life-friendly future. Exactly. And something else that we, we talked about really early on, but I want to bring up again is there's a whole section on Ask Nature and you can search either by innovation or biological strategy. And there's a ton of really cool innovations in there that people can learn from and use as examples that have done biomimicry really well, more than just like you mentioned, kind of taking information either just from like the form or shape of something and creating a design that's ultimately not life friendly, but companies mm -hmm. that have really pushed past that and learned from the system or the process and then integrated it into a really life friendly design that benefits not just people, but the planet. Yeah, and I love the innovations because not only are they kind of like um, rallying cries that, hey, this is possible right? Um, and, and inspiring in that way, but they're also very practical. If you came, you know, wondering if there was a, a greener way to make concrete, well, yes, there are, and here are some of them, right? right? Yeah. So you found them, and now you don't actually have to do the biomimicry. Mm -hmm. Other people have, you know, and you found it. Um, and then there's going to be, uh, you know, second and third generation ideas that come out of those where, exactly. where people say the way that somebody solved this problem actually gives me an idea about solving a completely different problem. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that's one of the other things that we're excited about with Ask Nature is that every every bit of information on there is the result of work of a lot of people, you know, on our team and, and not, you know, researchers in the field, people from sometime, you know, centuries ago. Um, yeah. But it all cre it creates this community of uh, observers of nature and of innovators and doers and planners that can really all kind of get in contact pretty easily and, and start having really compelling conversations and relationships. Exactly. And for me, ultimately, Ask Nature is a really hopeful space because of that. There's a lot of really incredible designs and innovations out there already that you know aren't usually talked about or aren't published widely on media sometimes, but they're out there. People are doing this. They're practicing biomimicry. They're learning from nature, and there's so much to learn from. There's an endless, endless source of inspiration in nature, and Ask Nature is a cool tool to start exploring that. So a few last questions here. One of my favorite questions to ask everybody is kind of how did you first get interested in biomimicry and mm -hmm. along with that, like what made you fall in love with this practice? There's kind of two things that I've realized in reflecting on, you know, how, how I got interested in this and got involved in it. And one is that I always loved comparative anatomy, you know, just like in art classes or biology or um, anything. I just, it always amazed me and really um, engaged me hmm. to see that you can look at a bat wing and a human hand and that's just so clearly the same stuff right but yeah. then it goes further you can look at a horse's leg which you know seems to be bent so crazily and so different 
but you look at it bone by bone and oh no it, ma- it makes sense now you know yeah and so to see um i love to see the way that you know th- those different bones have morphed to perform the same general functions but in such dramatically different ways like a leg is a leg you know even mm-hmm. if it's a fin of a fish you know and it's not necessarily propelling it but it's you know it's grabbing things it's moving it's um steering it's directing you know the the amount of variety is related in so many ways to the shared experiences and it just Mm -hmm. bounces back and forth between those i find that so compelling and it's a small step from that then to wondering well how can we apply these kinds of ways of iterating things and this idea from this species and put that in a new context and how could that be useful for for something else yeah, totally. Such an interesting avenue to get excited about biomimicry. I feel like I haven't heard a lot of folks getting in it from that angle. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. The, the other way is, you know, through the search and of and discovery of origins of things, like I was saying earlier. Um, and it just, you know, the way that it shows through all of the evolution of life on Earth, um, all of these differences, all you know, kind of trace back to a single starting point. And, you know, depending on how heady you want to get about, um, the, you know, how, how different an organism is and, you know, how connected we are um, from from one individual to a, another, if we're all part of an ecosystem and how, how much of that is you know, one living thing. Mm-hmm. But we're all, it's really one big, uh, one big thing that is happening which is life on earth at least right yeah Um, it's one big story and we're all playing parts in it and um, that realization just um, inspires a desire to see you know well what can we learn from each other and Mm -hmm. and how can we help each other because that's one of the the real big goals i think of biomimicry is how do we go not just from saying that you know humans should stop doing so much damage to how can humans be an agent for real productivity and assistance and um, and benefit to the rest of the living world? Yeah, and it's this approach that makes the most sense as to how we can get there. So. I love that. It's a really good description. All right, last question. Um, And one of my favorite to ask everyone, because I feel like we all have different approaches to this, but one of the most crucial aspects and, you know, steps in biomimicry is our connection to nature. So what is your favorite way or favorite ways? What are your favorite ways Mm. to connect with and reconnect with nature? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I I kind of, I see it as there's kind of a, a seeing side and a doing side. And so the, the seeing side is just through observation, just sitting and just taking it in, just being out in nature and, and seeing what's going on Mm -hmm. and especially I have a three-year-old son now and seeing the world through his eyes has been just so eye-opening again and at the same time you know it reawakens in you ways that you saw it when you were Mm -hmm. three years old to whatever degree you remember that but um but it it really drew my attention from the macro of, of saying like wow you know the biggest trees are so amazing and mountain ranges are so compelling to then realizing that you can look at three square inches of of a lawn and there's endless things to look at there there's so many different species of grass or weeds there and there's bugs and worms and, yeah you know and so uh so seeing through his eyes has been really great <laughs> just seeing the world at different scales and 
and things. Um, so that's the seeing side that really connects me with nature and the other is it doing. And so there for me, I've been a runner forever and, uh, and I love it. And just getting out there and running, just moving through the environment um, through, you know, my own self-powering, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the, the smells and the sights and, and the feel, you know, that you you run when it's hot, you run when it's cold, and you're not, um, you know, you might take various precautions to, <laughs> to keep yourself <laughs> well-prepared, but you're, you're going to experience the elements there. Um, and then just realizing that you're also just, you're putting your own evolutionary history to work. That, yeah. You know, you just getting out there and, and moving is what is what these bodies are, you know, made to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in part. But, you know, this is, you know, it's feeling your bones move, feeling your muscles and, uh, and feeling your lungs and feeling your blood race. And you just get that real, you know, you really get incarnated. You really yeah. become aware. We're so we spend so much time um, detached from nature because of our attachment to abstracted things you know we're writing or we're reading or we're looking at screens and it's all conceptual so it's easy to just stay in your head um so when you get out of your head and put your attention in the rest of your body that just really um drives it home and connects with uh with this whole natural world that we're a part of yeah and i i can attest to that too carrying a heavy backpacking pack up a mountain (laughs) i always thank my legs like thank you you're you're doing the hard work right now my body is capable and yeah it's like the evolutionary you know all the adaptations we have that are allowing us to do this yeah yeah and that's great you know to uh be able to kind of step outside and thank thank yourself too i'd be like thank you feet like i can't believe what you just (laughs) accomplished um uh, and, and it lets you realize, you know, kind of some of the takes, takes your head out of being the one in charge so much because mm-hmm. you realize so much of what we're doing. We have no idea of what we're doing. Right. It's just our body's doing it. Nature is doing what it's doing. Life is doing what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we can, you know, we do our best to understand it and we learn new things every day. And that's always going to be the case because, um, because what's going on is just so much bigger and, and uh wow yeah. that's a good there. that's a good note to end on i love that <laughs> Don't I know, I was spacing out yeah <laughs> well i mean it's like it's yeah. so funny to go down these paths because yeah we could have a whole nother conversation on that and i yeah. think it's just like so powerful and it's just the start that there's the tip of the iceberg as far as like how we're connected to each other and this planet and the ecosystems and habitats in which we live and the organisms we share our planet with so a good ending note <laughs> All right. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Lily. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. And special shout out to everyone who is subscribing, reviewing, rating, and sharing this podcast on social media. I appreciate you all so much and just want to emphasize how much joy creating this is. Until next time, I hope you can go outside, begin to cultivate a curiosity about life around us, and even ask nature to jumpstart your own biomimicry.